0: How many of you uh, have some familiarity with uh, emotional intelligence, have heard the term, perhaps read some books? Some of you, not a lot of you. So normally when I teach this class, I always ask people, you know, send me a picture of something that matters to you. And, uh, you know, I'll get pictures of dogs and their kids and Ohio State football, you know. (laughs) And I usually have that scrolling as they walk into the class, you know, because emotional intelligence is all about this. You've all heard of the Kardashians, right? Well, these are my daughters. Let me introduce you to the Kardashians. That's right. Seven total vehicles between the three of them. One of which was a state trooper's vehicle. <clears throat> That's a story for another day. Anyways, my name is Bill Holz. I'm a lieutenant with the Austintown Police Department. I've had the uh, phenomenal um, blessing to have gone to some of the greatest leadership. Uh, institutions on the planet. Northwestern University School of Staff and Command, the FBI National Academy, spent three months down at Quantico training with the agents. And without question, overall, one of the greatest impacts on your relationships, if you want to have no settle for relationships in your life, your emotional intelligence is the critical predictor of whether or not you're going to be able to achieve those things. No settle for relationships in your life. So, what is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is, without question, the single greatest predictor of performance in the workplace. Some of your highest performers, some of your best workers, are probably high in emotional intelligence. Without question, Emotional intelligence is the single greatest driver of fantastic leadership. Not just good leadership, fantastic leadership. But here's where I hope to appeal to you. So I I mentioned that I'm a law enforcement officer. I developed a program within my department called an Emerging Leaders Program. We spend the first four months of that year-long program just on emotional intelligence. If you can't lead you, you can't lead anybody. And so here's my appeal to you. And here's my appeal to everybody who I share this with. is It's not necessarily about performance. And we all want to lead well. But it's about our personal excellence, right? Man, I, I just want to be a, a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better mom, a better sister, a better brother. Better, right? I just want to be better. So emotional intelligence is that. And we know that intelligence come in many forms. We have our intellect, our IQ, right? We have our sports intelligence and we have our, uh, you know, our athletic intelligence and our musical intelligence. And we have emotional intelligence. And gang, it's quantifiable. It can be measured. But this is one of the few intelligences that we have that you can grow. You can not grow your IQ. Your IQ is carved in stone by about age 10, 12. It's not what you know, but how you know. The manner in which you learn is your IQ. But if you're intentional, and if you pursue this with intentionality, growing your emotional intelligence, you will increase significantly your emotional intelligence. But let me promise you this. If you neglect it, this is a perishable skill gain, and it will go away. So as you gain awareness, if you're not practicing this, if you're not pursuing it, It's just like anything else. If you're not intentional about it, it'll go away, right? In January, everyone's working out, right? By June, half the people are working out. By December, right, no one's working out. We're all eating cookies, (laughs) same thing. Every single person in here wants to know that their words matter. Every one of us wanna know that when we step into a room, folks notice. So as a law enforcement officer, let me share with you a story. I'm all on my way to work, right? Of course, I get up late at work, midnight I turn, oversleep. Now I'm, you know, hurrying up, brushing my teeth, running out of the house, speeding to get to work as a policeman, right? Because I'm late. Get to work, frustrated because I'm late, you know? Forget your keys to get into the station. You're knocking on the door, can somebody let me out with my keys at home? Get in my cruiser, I got to drive home to get my keys, go to get a coffee, right? Can I, get, can I just get a hot coffee, right? You got one job to do. Can, can you give me a hot coffee? It's lukewarm. Pull out of Dunkin' Donuts. Here comes the car, blows past me. 65 miles an hour in a 35 zone. Are you out of your mind? In my time? Really? Spin on the car. As I spin on the car, what do I do? Of course, I smoke my coffee. Pull over. I walk up to the car. Let's make this a young lady of color. I walk up to the car. I said, where are you going? Do you have a driver's license? I'm sure you have a driver's license. Can I have your driver's license? Insurance, do you have insurance? I'm sure you got insurance, right? Thank you. And I go back to my cruiser, I write a citation, I walk up to the car, I throw it a citation, I throw it a license, and I walk away. Have a nice day. And so my question to you, gang, is in that moment in time, did I raise the legitimacy of my organization in the eyes of that young lady? And the answer is no. Let's rewind it. I'm still late. I still lost my keys. Still got a lukewarm coffee. I'm still fired up. And this young lady is still driving 65 and a 35, and I'm still fired up. And I pull her over, and as I get out of the car, I bother to notice that I'm frustrated. I bother to notice that I'm angry. And as I'm approaching the car, I bother to notice she's got two car seats in the back seat. And as I approach her driver's side window, I bother to notice she's a young lady of color. And I bother to notice that she might be scared. She might be ashamed. She might be angry, right? And as I walk up to the car, I talk to her, not at her. And I say, where are you going? She says, I'm late for work. I know the feeling. I can see a driver's license. I walk back to the car, and I write her whatever I have to do. right? I choose to write a warning. And I walk up to the car, and I say to her, I see you have some young people depending on you, and I just really want you to slow down, right? And so here's a warning, and here's your license. Have a great day. So my question to you is, did I raise the legitimacy of my organization in that moment in time with that young lady? Yes. And that's emotional intelligence, gang. And in this room, I can say to you that emotional intelligence is nothing more than simple human kindness. It's godliness. It's bothering to notice you, which we're all good at, right? We're really good at noticing us. And it's bothering to notice others, and we're really good at that, too. Do you see that goof? Did you see how she dressed? I can't believe she dressed like that today. But then it's bothering to do something about it, which we're not great at. So, hey, only 36% of us can actually understand what our emotions are. And we probably have 5,000 words to describe basically these five emotions. Happiness, sadness, anger, fear, shame. And obviously, the more intense that these emotions are, the greater likelihood that they'll dictate our behavior. And so what is emotional intelligence and what is it? A lack of emotional intelligence is this, and we've all seen it. It's when our emotions hijack our behavior and we begin to say and do things that we regret. And it happens all the time. What if we're about to have a conversation should be relieving. Your first reaction will always be an emotional one. Let me say that again. Every single interaction that you have, great or small, you're gonna have a visceral response to that situation. Some of those emotions are strong, carved in stone when we're young, and some of them are less powerful. And what I'm about to say to you should be relieving. Gang, those emotions you can't do anything about. You have no control over the emotional response that you have. The emotions are going to come. We'll talk. But what you do have control over is how you respond. And what I'm talking about is responding rather than reacting. Reacting is reflexive and without thought and often wrong. But when we respond, Here's where we hear those words like intentionality and by design, right? So I come from a long history of mill workers from Youngstown, Ohio. And they all stop after the mill and they stop at the beer garden, right, and get a shot in a beer. Well, unfortunately, in my family, that produced a number of alcoholics. And so I'm a law enforcement officer. And I've been doing this a long time, 35 years Right? And so I come into a number of situations, some of which I, I enter into a situation. I have Mr. Stumbling Drunk. Right? You gotta love Mr. Stumbling Drunk. Number one, you have to smile at the irony because they are good for business. So um, you know it's okay. But because I have a, the legacy that I have, you know, I have a strong desire to bring justice to the people left in the wake of Mr. Stumbling Drunk. All those bleeding and broken in Mr. Stumbling Drunk's wake, right? And I've been doing this job long enough to know that I push just the right kind of buttons to get Mr. Stumbling Drunk to go sideways, put the boots boom, take him to jail. But I recognize that about myself and I control those emotions. And I talk to Mr. Stumbling Drunk and not at him. And the legitimacy of who I am goes through the roof and now all of a sudden, I'm saying things to him that few people can, and now the tears come down. And now my words carry weight, and I'm making a difference because I bothered to notice, respond rather than react. So what is emotional intelligence? I'm glad you asked. Yeah, let's get right here. It's your ability to recognize and understand your emotions in yourself and others and your ability to use those awarenesses to manage yourself and your relationships successfully, right? Basically control your emotions, recognize the emotions of others, and respond appropriately. So when I was at the FBI Academy, they literally defined emotional intelligence by quoting Chuck Swindoll. Life is 10% circumstances and 90% the way you respond. Great for bumper stickers, great for t-shirts, but it's a reality. Life is 10% what's going on around you and 90% about how you respond to what life delivers you. There's where you'll have legitimacy. And that talking about that legitimacy, when we bring on and onboard these characteristics, here's what happens. The people who are closest to us who mean the most, if we manage ourselves well and we bother to notice, here's what happens. Because people who don't control those emotions, those who lack emotional intelligence, Pastors, I'm talking to you. Board members, fathers and mothers. I'm talking to every one of you. When we lack emotional intelligence, people lean out. People turn from us. But when we possess and use emotional intelligence, well, people lean in. And they turn to us. Our organizations turn to us. Our families turn to us. Our spouses turn to us. No longer people leaning out or turning from us. So EQ is that kind of intangible thing. It affects how we manage behavior. It affects how we navigate social complexities. Have we been in any more um, complex social situations that we're beginning to see percolating around us, right? EQ is so critical to success that it accounts for 58% of performance in all types. The link between EQ and earnings is so direct, that for every point that you increase your EQ, your earnings goes up $1,300. So for all the pastors in the room, we talked to John Wooten, and so we're gonna give you a test, and we're gonna test you in a week, and if it goes up, you're gonna get a raise. (laughs) No. Here's what I'm talking about. When you raise your emotional intelligence, and the world is melting around everybody, and, every, and there's chaos everywhere, and you step into that world, and you're under control and you're calm. and now all of a sudden, your workplace and your family or your church, they're turning to you and not from you. And before long, they appreciate that you're somebody we can count on, and they give you more responsibility, and you grow your stature in whatever organization it is that you're in. Do you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? You increase your emotional intelligence you'll increase your responsibility, and your net income will go up. I'm just saying. I want you to look at the statement, because I don't know that there's too many things you can apply this statement to. These findings hold true for all people, in all industries, in all regions of the world, at every level, period. Let me say it again. These findings hold true for all people. in all industries, at all levels, in every region of the world. I can take somebody and I can drop them in the middle of Peru. They don't know the language and they don't know the culture, but if they're high in emotional intelligence, they'll thrive. If I raise the level of emotional intelligence in my officers, I don't have to teach them socioeconomic status or cultural status. I just need to teach them to see you and talk to you all people all industries every level everywhere so the way i approach emotional intelligence it kind of comes in four blocks self-awareness right uh self-regulation so self-awareness i'm a goof self-regulation i want to be less goofy Social awareness, how much of a goof are you? And relationship management, can we just be less goofy together, right? (laughs) Self-awareness, Proverbs 15, 14 says, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness, Proverbs 15, 14. Self-awareness is your ability to accurately pick up on your emotions in the moment and understand your tendencies across time. Self-awareness, right? Let me go Dr. Phil on you. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. It's got to begin with you. You've got to appreciate. How many of us uh, are leadership fans in here? Anybody read the book Extreme Ownership? Jocko Willink, Leif Babin. Come on now, right? It starts with you. If I could get everybody going and have this thought, and the thought is this, how have I contributed in any way to how we arrived here. If I can get you to just ask that question, you're nine miles down the road. How many people in here do we know, not you, of course, who it's never their fault, no matter what, right? Right? You get by like the car crashes, right? You just demolished four cars. She's going, that wasn't my fault, you know? The light turned red, I can't help that. Yeah, you can. What's the stop for them? That's the way they red. But the problem with self-awareness is this. It's difficult to say, I'm a goof, right? To open that door, to lift a hood, to take a look at what is contributing to how I act. Oftentimes, the most important people in your lives, usually when we were young, have said things that have harmed us and hurt us, and we leak, and it's those things that often drive our behavior, Right? You're getting, for me, as a child growing up in a home with alcoholics, finding myself in a room with Mr. Belligerent, stumbling drunk, right? And wanting to bring justice to the people left bleeding in his wake. It's not because he's Mr. Stumbling Drunk, it's because of my history, right? And so if I want to be self aware, I got to bother to take a look at what drives these things. What causes me to say this then? under these circumstances. Why does this frustrate me so much? Self-awareness, I'm a goof. Self-awareness is so foundational that when you have it, the other EQ skills are easy to acquire. Your self-awareness is the building block upon which your understanding for emotional intelligence begins. It starts with you. How many counselors in the room, right? The first counseling session, the first counseling session you have, the dude's going to tell you about what a, what a knucklehead his wife is, right? And he can spend 45 minutes telling you about everything she does wrong. And you're going, yeah, OK. And at the end of it, you go, you know what? Thanks for sharing that with me. We're never going to have that conversation again. It's going to be all about you. It begins with you. Self-awareness is so important for job performance that 83% of people who are high in Uh, Self-awareness are some of your top performers. That just means if you're a salesman and you know that you're good with the gift of gab and you use it, right? You're just aware. But how many people, perhaps even us in here, have been involved in a situation and you lost it, you fired off on somebody, right? And afterward you said, oh, man, Uh, I I, I don't want to do that again. Only to do it again. And then after you do it again, you go, oh, man, you know, I just got to quit doing that. And then you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. So, gang, self-awareness is good, right? But self-awareness in and of itself isn't enough. So self-management, right? Self-awareness, I'm a goof. Self-management, can I just be a little less goofy, right? Proverbs 14.29, Proverbs 14.29, He who is slow to to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Self-management. This is what happens when you act or you don't act. This is your ability to use this awareness of your emotions to remain flexible and to direct your behavior. So the key for self-awareness is getting past the difficulty of taking a hard look at you. But then the key to self-management is this, every single one of you wanna be heard. Every single one of you wanna know that your words matter. And what I need, what we need for self-management is to, you to take that strong need for legitimacy. I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm so right and you're so wrong, I'm gonna tell you one more time how wrong you are and how right I am. Right, and we begin to right fight because I want to be heard. And as a little girl, my dad didn't listen to me. And by golly, you're going to listen to me. And we have these strong needs for validation. And it drives us. But if we want to manage ourselves well, we have to be able to set that strong need for validation aside just for a moment. And is it possible that I've contributed to this in some way? Right? You see how the landscape becomes clear as we begin to push aside some of these things that drive us? Social awareness. Self-awareness, I'm a goof. Self-management, I want to be less goofy. Social awareness is how much of a goof are you, right? So we take that powerful introspection, right? We're taking a hard look at us. And then we're taking a hard look at how we can manage this and and mitigate some of these things that drive us to say and do the things we do. And then we take that and we, we turn it outwards. And we begin to take a look at the landscape around us. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ has forgiven you. So now we begin to survey the landscape, gang. And what is social awareness? It's your ability to accurately pick up on emotions in other people and understand, pay attention, to what's really going on. Right? How many times have you have you been in, How many times have I will use me? How many times have I been in an argument with my wife about my underwear on the floor, right? And pretty soon I realized we're not fighting about my underwear on the floor, we're fighting about something else, right? Yay. Right? How many times have you involved been involved in something and you know there's something else, there's something more going on here than just this. Social awareness. What's really going on? And this often means, and this starts to get at a high level, gang. The demands on us become high. And that's why it's so critical that you're intentional about pursuing these things. Because listen, how many times has somebody shared with you something that you don't agree with? Right? My wife turns to me and says, you disrespected me. I didn't disrespect you. That's dumb. Right? And she goes, of course. That's dumb. I don't know what I was thinking. Let's go to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It never works out. That's usually when things start flying, right? So I may not agree with how she feels, but she still feels that way. So you appreciate the the social awareness aspect. I'll step into a situation, Mr. Stumbling Drunken. He just popped his his wife in the head, right? I don't agree with the fact that he just punched her in the head. I don't know. I don't know. Or, you know, maybe, I'm just kidding. I don't agree that he committed an act of violence but I'm gonna to talk to him, right? And my legitimacy goes through the floor. I'm pushing his side, I don't agree. So your ability and your social awareness is the ability to, to perceive what other people are thinking even if you don't agree with it. In the boardroom pastors and they're saying something and you never intended them to feel that way. What do we do? Well, that's dumb. You know, I didn't, I didn't do that. Or do we say, I hear what you're saying and I didn't intend for you to feel that way. This is what I was thinking. That's high level relationship and conversations, right? Bothering to do something about it. What I'm about to say is gonna be really difficult for some of us in here. Because the greatest aspect of social awareness is listening and observing. I am a policeman. And I promise you, I promise you that when I talk to you, I listen to every single word you use. I listen to the words you use and I listen to the words you don't use. How many times have you been involved in a conversation and somebody said something and you go, man, that's, that's a weird, weird selection of words that they would use there, right? But you're so busy. Right fighting. You're so busy waiting to tell them how wrong they are and how right that you are, and you ain't even listen to what they're saying. You're just ready for the pause, and you're going to jump in. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to shut up. I need you to stop talking. I need you to stop the running monologue in your brain, that silo that you're living in, telling yourself how right you are and how wrong you are. They are. Right? The average person has 50,000 thoughts a day. And here's how we arrive at that number, right? The ladies have 90,000 thoughts a day. The dude's got 11, so 50,000's gotta be about where we're at. Food, bathroom. You have to stop that. How many times have you been involved in a situation where you had everyone's motives worked out and haven't spoken to a soul? You got all you're driving down the road, you're talking to yourself, you're flaying around. Thank God we got cell phones now because people think you're on the cell phone, you're not. You're talking to yourself, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't believe she said that. What you get there, you had all this energy, and it wasn't anything like you thought it was, gang. Wasted energy, wasted energy. I listen to every word you use, I watch you volumes of information. And here's what happens, gang, if you don't. You don't ever get it back. If I'm in an important conversation, I'm listening to everything you say. Because if I'm busy waiting to jump in and help you understand how wrong you are, everything you said, how you said it, and what you didn't say is gone. I listen to every single word you say. Let me give you a story. Policeman, right? Am I overusing the police stuff? I'm sorry. So I get a call. And uh, I pull up to the house. And in front of this house is this beautiful white Mercedes. I get out of the car. And this beautiful young lady gets out of the white Mercedes. And she walks up to me. And she holds out her hand. And she shows me her two front teeth. I was like, what? What? Yeah, he punched me in the face. knocked teeth out. I'm like, whoa, okay. So what do I do? Oh, yeah. I charge up to that front door. I'm, I'm going to save the day. John Wayne here, man. Pound on the front door. Guy comes to the door. But I've been doing this a while. And so I say to him, what's going on? He says, oh, my God. That's my girlfriend. I say, you got a funny way of showing it. Yeah, well, I got a girl inside. Oh, wow. Well, Things needs to get a little clearer now. He's, I said, what happened? He, goes, we, he said, you know, we, we tussled. She, she tried to get in the house, and I was holding her. I grabbed her shirt, and she bit my hand, and I pulled my hand away. And I went, really? Hold that thought. And I went back to the young lady, and I said, show me your teeth again. and they were pulled out by the root. They weren't fractured. He never hit her. She bit him, and he pulled her hand away. And if I wouldn't have listened to what he said and bothered to notice, I promise you, and this is a, a very humbling thing to say as somebody who takes his profession very seriously, I promise you that that young man would have went to jail and he would have been convicted for domestic violence. I listen to every word you say. You've got to dial in. You've got to clear the mechanism, right? Set aside, you need to be validated, and listen even if you don't agree with what they're saying. What they're saying and what they aren't. Stop anticipating the point the other person's about to make and stop thinking ahead to what you're going to say next. To be socially aware, you have to spot and understand people's emotions while you're present and in the middle of it. A contributing, yet astutely aware member of the interaction. So you see how this becomes kind of high level, but it really isn't. Because if you dial in... And if you're intentional about your pursuit of emotional intelligence, it becomes who you are. And you do these things automatically. But you're like, okay, I'm I'm listening, yeah, but I'm I'm getting frustrated, but I realize I'm getting frustrated, and I see that she's really frustrated, so I'm, you know, why is she so frustrated? You know, and we're we're calculating all those things while we're talking to them, right? Juggling all these things. Putting it all together in real time while these conversations are occurring. So I'm a goof, I want to be less goofy. I get it, you're a goof. And here's where we land, where everybody wants to go, right? Relationship management. Can we just be less goofy together? And so Proverbs 15, 28 says, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. And so emotional intelligence will take you where you want to go. I make a very bold statement, but I believe it 100%. I believe that if you pursue with great intentionality, emotional intelligence, you will not have one settle for relationship in your life. Not your old man, not that wayward son, not your wife, not that difficult board member, not that youth pastor whose neck you wanna ring, right? Not one settle for relationship. So, what is relationship management? It's your ability to use all of these awarenesses of your emotions and those around you to manage your interactions and your relationships successfully. I'm bothering to notice, and I'm using all of this awareness, and I'm putting it all together. I was a, so the, probably the single greatest demand of my leadership skills, right, is not law enforcement. I'm prior military, wasn't that. It was coaching high school girls varsity basketball, right? No question. It's like hurting cats. <laughs> Greatest demand on my ability to lead and control my emotions. And I want you to pay particular attention. Because if the, the, the single hardest part about self-awareness is that is that difficulty of taking a hard look. And and the the, the difficulty with self-management is about putting aside that strong need to be validated, I matter. And then to be socially aware to, to shut the mechanism down, to shut up, to listen, even if I don't agree, right? If all of those things, then the highlight of this is that relationship management is a bond that we build over time. The bottom here says the difference between an interaction and a relationship is a matter of its frequency. It's a product of the quality, depth, and time you invest. So gang, I'm telling you, if you bother to notice, I'm going to say something. People will rarely remember what you say, but man, will they remember how they felt when they were with you. Do you understand? I'll walk into Dunkin' Donuts and I'll talk to the young ladies making my coffee and I'll ask her what's going on and I'll use her name and I'll know her for eight seconds and I'll walk out with my coffee and I'll come back and I'll come back and I'll come back and pretty soon my coffee's already made for me, right? And we don't know each other's names but she's looking forward to seeing me because I see her and she knows how she feels when she's with me. gang. Marriages don't dissolve in a moment of time. Business relationships don't dissolve in a moment of time, typically. Church relationships don't dissolve in a moment of time. They dissolve over moments of time when we leaned out, when we should have leaned in. Leaning out's easy, doesn't cost me anything. Leaning in, bothering to notice comes at a cost. Are you willing to pay that cost? The weaker the connection you have with someone, the harder it is to get your point across, right? If I'm fussing with my wife, that's an absolute snapshot of the status of our relationship in that moment of time and I got a choice to make. I can either lean in or I can lean out. And that's what relationship management is. Bothering to notice you Bothering to notice someone else, right? Real, real good at those things. But then it's about bothering to do something about it. Neuroplasticity. I hate to say this when I got PhDs in the house. Drives me crazy. This is your brain's ability to change, right? And so here's the here's the fantastic thing about emotional intelligence, right? As you practice. Emotional intelligence, as you change your behavior, every time you change your behavior, the neuro, you're creating new pathways, right? Why do we have habits? Because that's just the way we've always done them. We resort to what we know. But when we change that habit and we lean in on it and we choose to do it each and every time, we're driven to do something else, but I choose to do this. That pathway becomes strengthened. And remember how I said that every single situation you find yourself in, you have a visceral response to it. That's a fact, and that will never change. That should be relieving to you. Because for some of us, we say, I gotta change, I gotta be different. Some things you can't change. I'm gonna feel this way in this situation every time. But here's what happens, gang. When you choose to respond differently than how you used to react, here's what happens. If you typically yell when you're angry and you choose not to yell, every time you succeed, that pathway is strengthened and eventually the urge to yell is so small, it's easily ignored. Do you see the brilliance? I'm relieved to know that these emotions are gonna be there, they're not going away. But if I lean in, if I'm intentional, I can control these emotions and I can respond. In a healthy way. And I can strengthen this relationship. And I'm not going to settle for anything less. Everything in me wants to lean out. I want to watch ESPN. Why are you sitting next to me talking to me? You see I have my coffee. You see I got ESPN on. What are you doing? Turn it off. And turn my countenance to what matters. And I lean in every time. That's emotional intelligence, game. Any questions? It's okay. You can can ask. I know I'm fantastic, but I'm not that good. Some questions. Now listen. You don't have to agree with this. Take it apart. Use it. There's a fantastic book. Write it down. Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Everything we've talked about is predicated on that. Daniel Goleman is wrote the first book on it, actually started with an article years before he wrote that book. But I find that book to be the most ergonomic way to deliver an understanding of this and then strategies to implement it in your life. Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Any questions? I have a raised hand back there. So the question is, why do I keep seeing EQ when the class is called emotional intelligence? That's a great question. So it is emotional quotient. Your IQ is your intelligence quotient. Your EQ is your emotional quotient. But it's typically referred to and understood as emotional intelligence. Great question. Any others? Situations. Things that come up. I don't even know what time is it. Oh, 2 Okay. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. My daughters. <laughs> we had three girls in three and a half years. They're very, very close, right? They're like, they're like 29, 27, and 26. They're right there. They're married, got kids. And so, former military, right? I'm a police officer. It's like strike two. Religiously conservative. It's like the trifecta for your daughters running for the border as soon as they hit 18. (laughs) And so that's why I have their picture up there. Because it it was that understanding of pouring into those young women and not lording over them. And empowering them. And helping them to understand where God was at work around them. And inviting them to join him there. That empowered them as young women. That's what began my journey of emotional intelligence. Was those three young ladies and my and my wife's commitment to raise them well, right? Even though I wanted to have my gun there and keep all the, you know, because when you got three beautiful young women, a lot of dudes come around, you know, a lot of bums. And I knew I couldn't do anything about the bums, but I could do something about these young beautiful women and I could pour into them who they were and their self-worth, emotional intelligence, nothing more than godliness simple human kindness other questions how do you help those around you also embrace great question so she said how do you help those around you embrace this you can't they're all knuckleheads there's nothing you can do so hang it up we're all going home so I'm going to use, you know, that, that I was, my wife and I were youth leaders for 20 years, right? And I'm sure you've heard this. You know, we told our daughters, you know, I don't know how effective it was, probably not at all. But we said to our girls, you know, ladies, and you know, when you go with your friends, we're going to want you to be the spiritual thermostat. We want you to set the spirituality for your friend group and not be the spiritual thermometer and reflect what's going on around you, right? Never worked. Never worked. But this is what you're doing. So when you raise your legitimacy in your organization and you carry yourself, so in my sphere of influence, you might call that command presence. And so when I step into a situation and it's mass emotional chaos, but I'm in control and I'm talking to people and now all of a sudden, here's what happens. The spiritual temperature of the room comes down. The emotional temperature of the room begins to lessen, right? And your words carry weight and you're legitimate And you tell people literally, it's okay, man, breathe. You're okay. And pretty soon they're like, and they start breathing, right? If I come in there like a goof, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Somebody better call the police. I am the police. I'm here, okay? What do we do? (laughs) Right? If I add to the chaos, I have no legitimacy. But if I step into a chaotic situation and I'm under control and I'm talking to people and not at them, all of a sudden the emotion in the room begins to to come down your legitimacy goes up and people start turning to you and not from you, the authority of God in you too. well no question there's a spiritual authority for sure but unfortunately we have our free will and if I'm a pastor and I lack emotional intelligence and I go sideways at the first sign of trouble I can have all the spiritual authority I want but I have no legitimacy Other questions? Great question, yes. So I know you talked about how like when you're in the moment, like choosing a different option you normally know, would strengthen that strengthens the pathway. Right. Is there a way to train your emotional IQ without being in the moment? Absolutely. So his question is, you know, can I can I train myself outside of these uh situations that carry with them such a high degree of emotion? That's a fantastic question. So that book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and I also have a program that I teach. It teaches strategies to help you become more self-aware. It teaches you strategies. Okay, now I get it. I'm a goof. And then it teaches you strategies. Uh, how can I manage myself? And it might give you 15 or 20 strategies. And maybe one or two of them are going to resonate with you, right? And then once you have that down, then it gives you a bunch of strategies to, to have greater... Social awareness, right? Help, help, me, help me better understand what's going on around me. And then it gives you strategies to increase your relationship management. And so it's those things that you consider and ponder before the fight comes, right? And so perhaps your parents, I know I shared it with my daughters all the time. I can't do anything about the bums. I'm going to pour into you and I'm going to raise your self-worth. But there's going to come a moment in time when you're with a young man and there's decisions to be made, you have to make those decisions now. You can't make those decisions in the heat of battle. You're going to lose. And so as we ponder these things and we set courses for us, at least we have some preparation when we enter the heat of the battle or the emotions of the moment. And how many of us in here know the first casualty of every battle? The plan, right? So you have the best plan in the world. You get in and you're like, oh, man, screwed up. I can't believe I said that. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things that you regret. You're going to do things that you regret. And you can't just go, I don't want to do that, only to do that again. If I can do that, and man, not do that again, and learn from it, and change my behavior, well, man, you've won the day. You've won the day. Great question. Next. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. To talk and get a point across. So, the question is how do you deal with somebody who's not responding? You know, you're, you're trying all these things and, and, you, and they're, just not, they're just not picking up what you're putting down. So, I mentioned that I was a basketball coach and I had this, I, I, I coached for Valley Christian School, which is a predominantly inner city school. And I had this seven year old white guy next to me who was my assistant coach and he would scream and yell at the girls, oh, he's yelling at the girls and they're not, they're not listening to me. I don't know what they're doing. I, these girls, they won't listen. And I said, they're not listening to you. You've got to be a better coach. If this ain't working, you've got to find some other way to reach them. You've got to be a better coach. And so for those of us who are trying to navigate a, a, a complex relationship in our life, it might be with your father, it might be with your spouse. And if this ain't working, then you've got to find another way. And I don't necessarily have those answers, but it can't be, I'm leaning out. Because leaning out's only gonna get you what you've ever gotten. And so, that's not good enough. You've got to lean in, and you've gotta find another way. And there's no easy answer for that question, and that's difficult, especially when it's a close relationship. Here's what I tell my officers. This emotional intelligence is about us being a better police organization, that is true. But I want you to be better officers. I want, I know this, that if you grow your emotional intelligence with the relationships that are closest to you, right? That carry the most emotion, this is easy. Works easy. These people are easy. They may not, they, they, they probably don't know your mom. I don't know, maybe they do know your mom, who knows, right? But when, we, when, we, when we're successful in those close relationships, these other relationships become easy. So I, it's not an easy answer. But it really is. Find another way. Keep trying. Don't ever give up, right? Godliness. Other questions? So the question is, is there a link between emotional intelligence and someone's perception of their own self-worth? There's a strong link between their emotional intelligence and self-worth. It begins there. If you're dealing with somebody who has low self-worth, who has had a a difficult go of it, gang, we all have little red wagons, and we fill them little red wagons up with a lot of stuff, and we drag those little red wagons around with us wherever we go, right? And so it's about... unloading <laughs> those little red wagons. But it's difficult, but it begins there. It's, it, it begins with someone's self-worth, their self-esteem, their appreciation of themselves. And if it's low, because again, the most powerful things spoken over you are always spoken over by the people whose words mean the most to you, right? And so if we have had difficult parents or difficult somebody and they said cruel things It's carved in stone and it isn't ever going away. And here's what we try to do. And that don't ever work. And so self-awareness is about taking a hard look at what's going on and quieting those voices that drive us. Sir, oh this is gonna be a PhD level question. I hate those. available, the, the program that you developed, is that available for yes. us? Yes. Yes. So, uh, I mean, Thanks. a selfless self plug. <laughs> but this is just, this is just kind of, so listen, write this down. Every single, every single presentation, every single class, every single class you take, every single thing that you pursue, there's three things you're answering yourself. Here's what I've tried to do. I've tried to answer those first two things today. Here's what you want to know in every single thing you pursue. What is it, and why do I need it? Right? I don't care if it's a new car, a new washing machine, or emotional intelligence. Yay! You're always asking yourself these three questions. What is it, and why do I need it? And so if I answer those first two questions well, it's followed up with, how do I get it? What is it? Why do I need it? How do I get it? And so this is just kind of a, uh, a, a, an, an, EQ, an, an EQ encounter. What is it? I have an EQ class, it's an, an immersive class. I typically like that class taught over five weeks. First week is, what is it, why do I need it? Week number two is, let's gain some self-awareness. Week three is, okay, I'm a goof, let's be less goofy. Self-management, social awareness, and week five, is we arrive at everywhere we want to go and I do it over weeks it's a one-hour class once a week because here's what I want for the next week I want you to ponder these things I want you to think about it because it's it, 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 I know it'll work for every single one of you knuckleheads in here <laughs> but it doesn't matter what I think what matters is what you think and so take it home Tear it apart. Let's talk about it next so week and see what did you encounter? What did you what did you try to navigate that it didn't work? Right? Because I promise you, gang, these are perishable skills. And if you don't lean in on it, and if you don't pursue with intentionality, it's gonna go away. And it's the difference between you right and that's right. And let me explain myself. How many times have you been talking to somebody and you're like, man, you're a real knucklehead, you act like you shouldn't be doing that. And he's going, you right, you right. You know what that means? It means, I could care less what you're saying. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But every once in a while in life, somebody punches you in the chest with some words that carry weight and they're legitimate in your eyes, and you go, that's right. And you snap your head, and your whole countenance turns, and you go, that's right. And so that's what that's about. I'm pushing you to go, that's right. I know I'm right. I don't need you to go. you right. I get it. What I want you to go is, that's right. And for some of you in here today, you went, that's right. You're talking about me. That's my dad. Holy moly. Did you know Yeah. Other questions? Is that? Yes. Other questions? Yes, dear. So the question is: do some people need more emotional intelligence than others? Yes. Right? I mean, do we your friends know you, so clearly that question's been answered. <laughs> so listen, every one of us need it. Every one of us need this. How many times have you been involved in situations and some man they're going sideways? Here's the problem with the lack of emotional intelligence. Nobody cares. What's she upset about? I don't know. She's always upset. That boss. Who's always angry? And someone says, why is he angry? And everyone rolls their eyes and goes, who knows? He's always angry. Who cares? Um, Anger is a God-given emotion, and it's powerful. And if we wield it carefully, right? I have a bunch of young officers. I want to wring their neck frequently. But I don't use, I don't, I don't. I'm not angry at them, they make mistakes. If they didn't make mistakes, they wouldn't need me, right? But there are times when I speak very directly and there's no confusion about what I'm saying. You understand clearly what I'm telling you, right? That drives a powerful message. If I'm always angry, they don't care. If the boss is never angry and he's fired up, now we're pausing to appreciate the gravity of the situation. So here's the, one of the strategies is don't label your emotions, good or bad. It doesn't matter. How many times do we tell ourselves, I shouldn't feel that way? That's a ridiculous statement, right? Because you feel that way. And so the better strategy is to try to understand why I feel this way. Oh, I get it. I am a goof. I'm going to be less goofy. So everybody needs it. There's nobody who doesn't... Listen, I I would say that I'm a person of a high degree of emotional intelligence. I'll tell you when I need it desperately. When Ohio State plays football, I have no emotional intelligence. And I know it. I hate it. It drives me crazy. I'm like, that's not holding! (laughs) But I am a very passionate person. My girls, right... We go, we take them, you know, soul surfer and courageous. We all just took my, I took my girls and we went to see Jesus Revolution, right? And my girls are sitting in the seats and they're all looking at me to see if I'm crying yet. <laughs> okay. So emotional intelligence, gang, is not a lack of emotion. Emotional intelligence is the understanding of your emotions, the embracing of your emotions and emerging through them. You don't wanna suppress your emotions. It isn't good, it isn't bad, it's how you feel, right? So live passionately, I love passionately, I live passionately, I cry, I yell, right? Be alive, right? Life in abundance, yes ma'am. about know, something and cry or, or feel sad or feel goofy and cry because I'm feeling goofy. <laughs> I cry all the time, I'm telling you. I'm crying if she's telling me. Because <laughs> so we're emotionally constipated, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're told from little boys, boys don't cry. And that's foolishness. And so, as we raise our awareness, we appreciate that I, I want to feel these emotions fully. It's good and it's healthy. I want to, I you know, um, how many of you seen the movie, uh, Show Me the Father? Good Lord, gang. Write this down. Show Me the Father. You need to watch this movie. It's a documentary about fatherhood. I, I cry from stop, beginning to end. It's phenomenal. Um, but our men are trained as boys not to cry. it's a shame. I think I have to shut this down. I'm sorry. It's 2.30. Any last questions before we go? Is there some way I'm supposed to close this? Any other questions before we go? Listen, let me pray for you. And I want to thank you for your time. Because listen to me. Every one of you matter. Every one of you are important. You're beautiful. And I love that you're pursuing this. Because here's what I know. You're going to have no settle for relationships. And that's a... Beautiful thing. Let me pray. Father, we're thankful for synergy, and we're thankful for a a network that, that bothers to notice the needs of their people, Lord God. And so, Father, I pray for each and every family represented here, Lord God. Father, I pray blessings over every one of them, financial blessings, emotional, physical, spiritual blessings. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.